Good to be here. Good to be back, everyone. I'm Brian Robinson. I'm on staff here. I've been gone for a few weeks. I've been trying out for the Olympics. Um, <laughs> I, wanted, I was trying to make the alternate team uh, for ping pong. I had a uh, full scholarship in college, ping pong, and I was just trying out. So didn't make it, but thanks for your prayers. Just kidding. Volleyball. Volleyball. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. I was, actually, I was actually gone for a few weeks and doing some, some kind of personal retreats. I, I really I want to share that in just a second, but I took some time off just to kind of refresh and refocus before the, the fall gets going, and so I'm going to share about that in just a second. But it's good to be back. It's great to be here. It's been a month since I've been in Sunday morning, and it's just such a, a beautiful thing to be together as, uh, as believers in Christ and, and worshiping together. So let me pray as we get going um, our last talk of the summer from Summer Psalms. Let's pray. God, thanks for your great love this morning. Thanks for your presence, whether we're home or we're here. God, thank you that you are everywhere, Lord, and that you're faithful and you're good. I pray you would just send your spirit, uh, bless these words, let them be uh, yours this morning, Father, and I pray you would just open your word to us, God, that you would uh, shine the light of uh, your truth through the word of God, and I pray that you would come, Holy Spirit, and illuminate our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, yeah, I took this time off to kind of get away and just kind of refresh, refocus. It's been a, you know, it's been a crazy year. A lot of pastors this year were on, this summer on sabbaticals. Just, I went to a retreat in North Carolina at a place called The Cove. It's a Billy Graham retreat center. It's amazing outside Asheville in the mountains, and there were all these pastors and leaders there just kind of retreating and resting and kind of getting refreshed before the, the fall kicks off. It's been a crazy year. I mean, we all know that's been a, it's a crazy season right now with COVID and all the stuff going on. And so um, I just wanted some time to take, take to unplug and go and refresh and refocus on the Lord. Um, and it was amazing to go up there. I, I just, it's so easy to forget, and Mac was talking about it earlier, but it's so easy to forget how God speaks in creation. It's so easy to forget how he's always sort of yelling at us if we're willing to listen. I had a picture this morning during worship of like, you know, the reality is we have cell phones, we have laptops, we have all these things like Wi-Fi. And right now there are, there are wavelengths and bandwidths and things happening that we can't even see. Like your cell phone is connected to the towers and the Wi-Fi here. You can't see those. Those are invisible things. But they're real. They're just as real as what you can see. And, and just like that, God is speaking to us through creation. It's like a wavelength. He's speaking. And if we can just connect with that, if we can just remember and step into that, we can hear his voice. We can experience his presence. And he's always speaking. He's always speaking. It's not like we have to make it happen, but the wavelength is there. The bandwidth is there. The invisible stuff is there. And we can just we can tap into it when we still and silent, silence our, our own inner voices. And so it took me kind of getting away to do that um, and, and to spend some time in, in, the, in nature. So I was up there in the mountains. I want to start with reading from Psalm 46. It's a well-known psalm, uh, the Be Still and Know That I Am God psalm. And I want to read through the whole passage together. Um, let's, look at our, let's look at Psalm 46, verse 1. There's Bibles um, in front of you on the backs of many of the chairs if you want to grab a Bible. Um, or use your phone. But uh, let's read together. Or I'll read it. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Let's stop there. 
So this is a time when King David is kind of coming into his power and coming into his leadership and his kingdom. And this is a, a, a tumultuous time. If we just read that one verse that's later on about be still and know that I'm God, it's, it's kind of important to know the context. Like David would, had come into power and there, there's all this stuff happening around him. There's wars and there's strife in his kingdom and his leadership. There's all kinds of stuff happening. And so he is stating what's obvious. The earth may give away and the mountains may fall on the sea. The waters may roar and foam and mountains quake with their surging. So he's stating the truth. And that's important to know. Like, we, we don't deny the truth, y'all. We don't deny like we have problems. We have struggles. We have real stuff happening in our world. And we don't deny that it's happening. But we assert a higher and greater truth and a greater a greater promise over those things. And that's what David is doing here. He's stating what's, what's happening in his life. And there's a lot of crazy stuff breaking out around him. And he's worried about losing the kingdom. He's worried about his family. He's worried about all these things that are happening in his, in his world as a new king. And so he's stating what's going on. And it's important that we do that with the Lord. Like, this is what's happening, God. Like, this is what my, my world is kind of in shambles right now. Or things are great. But we're, we're not going to deny and go, no, I don't, I don't have COVID right now. Or I don't have this or that right now. I don't have problems with my marriage. I don't, I don't have work problems. I state what's true, and I'm honest with the Lord. And we're honest with where we are with the Lord. And then he says this, this reality. He says in verse, uh, verse 6, moving on, he says, nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall, but he lifts his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the, the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Let's stop there. He says that over all of this, over all that's happening in the world, God is sovereign. He is sovereign. None of it takes him by surprise. None of it shocks him. None of it is unknown to him. Whether it's the smallest thing in your life or the most grand thing happening in the world, God is sovereign. And it's important that we realize that. Like that should be a, a thing that causes us to hope. It should cause us to be able to rest, that he, he is sovereign. I don't have to strive. I don't have to work it up. I don't have to behave a certain way or make certain things happen or control things. But like he is sovereign over every kingdom, every, every king, every nation, rising, falling. It's all in his, his plan. God works for the good to those who are called according to his purposes. That's an amazing idea. I thought of, thought of the idea of playing chess. Um, my son's been playing chess a lot. His school's kind of, there's a bunch of kids playing chess now, and he's learning the game of chess. And I, I kind of looked at chess a while back, but I was looking at just how it's one of the few games that involves very little luck. Like, there's almost no luck. Like, when, when the, the high-level players are playing, there's almost zero luck involved. Like, the, the better chess player will win almost every time over the, the lesser player, even the greatest players. And um, the great players, the greatest players of chess could see 10, 12, 15 moves in advance, if you can imagine that. They could see ahead all the possibilities that their opponent is going to do. And they could see all the, the ideas and plans and strategies. And they see it all, and they bring about their end, them winning, regardless of all those scenarios. And I think about that with God's sovereignty. We have, we have freedom to make our own plans and our own ideas and our own moves. But God's sovereignty will bring about the plan he desires for our lives. 
He'll bring it about. He's the, he's the master chess player. And the reality is, it's a bad analogy, but we're not playing against God, right? We're playing with him. He's on our side. So when we plug into him and we spend time with him, we're, we're walking with him through his plans. And we have an adversary who's a better chess player than us. But if we plug into the Lord, if we know the Lord, if we walk with the Lord, no matter what the enemy brings against us, God will always bring about, just like today's testimony from Virginia, he will always bring about his good plan for our lives. His good and beautiful plan. Even through pain and suffering and loss, like he's going to bring about what he wants to bring about. He's the master chess player. He's already defeated the enemy. He knows the enemy from the beginning. He's already 15 steps ahead of you and I and the enemy. And that should bring us hope and rest. And then David says this, this amazing line. He's quoting God. Verse 10, he says, God says, he says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. In the midst of the craziness, in the midst of the, the, the world breaking down around us, in the midst of economic strife, in the midst of broken marriages, in the midst of whatever it may be, he says, this is a command, it's an imperative in the Hebrew, be still and know that I am God in the midst of all that's happening. It's a choice that we make. So God is telling David, I hear what you're saying, David, I see the facts, but here's the truth, be still and know that I am God. And then he says this, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the whole earth. In the Hebrew, he's talking about the nations, not the Jews. He's saying, eventually, David, every knee's going to bow. Every tongue's going to confess that I'm the Lord. I will be exalted. I think at the Olympics, like the Olympics are going, going on. Like I mentioned, I tried out, tried out, make it. But, um, but like all these nations coming in with their flags, like these nations walking in the stadium with their flag. There's, there's Bolivia and there's Russia and there's America. And all these, these, these folks are coming in. And, and God's saying, there'll come a day, a glorious day, when every nation will walk into the kingdom with their flag saying, I'm here, I'm part of that people group, I'm part of that tribe or tongue, and every single people group will be in the kingdom of heaven. It's an amazing picture. God says, this is where it's all going. I know you're struggling right now. I know there's hard things happening. I know there's, I know there's fear. I know there's differences of opinion. I know there's battles. But be still and know that I'm God. So the be still part is literally stop striving. It's, it's cease from striving. That's the first part of the command is be still. And that is so hard for Americans. It's so hard for me. We are constantly plugged in. We're constantly looking for ways to not be still. We have so many amusements, don't we? I mean, I live for amusements. I live for Disney in a couple months. I'm living for the next vacation. I think about it. I, I think about like what, the fun thing I want to do. I want to go surfing here, or do this there, or take the kids here. We live for amusements. And we spend so much time thinking about them, so much time on our, on our phones, on our screens. The average American spends two hours and 51 minutes on their cell phone a day. That's, 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 that's shocking. Three hours a day. The average child between the age of eight to 18, this is going to shock us, most of us, the average teenager spends seven hours and a half on their phone a day or in front of screens, any screen, whether it's an iPad, whether it's TV, whether it's a phone. That's more than they're in school, y'all. 
constantly plugged in, like my kids are right now on their phones. It's the height of hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> it's, a long, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long service. Thanks, buddy. Um, but seriously, like, I mean, we've been plugged in a lot this summer. We watch the Olympics every day. My wife loves gymnastics. We love watching it. But y'all, like, it's, it's a serious thing. You're, we're discipling our kids to what, what we're feeding them on screens. And there's good screens and bad screen time. There's, there's things that we do, like there's things that are not bad. But, but the reality is seven hours and a half on social media or on video games or just watching TV and binge watching friends or whatever. It's like, man, how much am I getting of, of, of stillness, of quietness, when I'm constantly amusing myself, amusing. The word amusement means, A, means without, muse means think, and meant means practicing. So without thinking or reflecting. That's what, that's what amusement means. Without thinking or reflecting. The enemy wants you to stay perpetually amused. So you don't step back and unplug and reflect. He loves us being busy with amusements, even if, even if we're watching like good things. It keeps us constantly unreflective. It keeps us constantly thinking about other things besides just being his son or his daughter. And so me getting away, it just shocked me how hard it was just to stop, just to be still, just to, to not have an agenda of like, God, I need help with this. God, do this. God, forgive me for that. God, I need this. Just to be still and unplug. Before I get to the end, know that I'm God, I just got to be still. Like, can I just be still? And so I went on this hike up this, this mountain that I thought was an easy hike. It was only like 4,000 feet. And um, I thought I was in pretty good shape. But I, I realized I signed up to get the walkie-talkie and for emergencies. I, I was the only one signing up for this walkie-talkie on the hike out of all these people at, the, at this re- retreat center. And so I started walking up the mountain. And within about like four seconds, I realized, wow, I'm out of shape. And this is way harder than I expected. <laughs> way harder. The first mile of the three and a half miles was like this steep angle. Now, that may be an exaggeration. It's probably more like, like that. But... But I mean, no, seriously, it was like this crazy hike. And I, and I was like, Lord, I'm just going to try to just experience you in this pain because I, this is hard. I'm, I'm not sure I can make this. There's no one else that I, I see. Like, imagine hiking up this mountain and you're the only one that you know of going on this, on this hike. There's no places to stop and get water. I brought some water with me, some cliff bars, oxygen tank, scuba gear, um, <laughs> just in case. You never know. It could be a flood or something like that or, or, or ravenous wolves or something. Um, but anyway, I brought all this stuff with me, and I'm, I'm hiking up, and it's just like, man, I'm, just, I'm really out of shape. And I, and I just, Lord, I can't do this without help. And so I, I turned the corner, and I saw this on the ground. Let me get this right here. You probably didn't notice this today. I saw this on the ground. I was like, this is what I need. I need this staff. Like, I just took this thing. I was like, oh, God, Why? <laughs> Why, why have you called me into the wilderness? And I'm just holding this thing. And I'm just literally, I have nowhere to sit because it's been raining. I'm just holding on the staff like, oh, I'm like Gandalf with, you know, Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings. I'm just like, I need you to transport me, Lord, right now. But this staff saved my life. I mean, to go up, to go up a mountain, you need walking, you know, you need walking, what are they called, walking sticks? Or, I mean, people have hiking 
you know, stuff to go up mountains like that. And I'm, and I'm thinking, why didn't I grab something like this? Why didn't I go up the mountain? And so this helped, this saved me, this, this, this little stick, this made in China. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's what I said, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, it may not be true. Um, but literally, God sent that thing. And I had, I had all these, like, revelations as I'm walking, like, yes, God, you, you, you prepare a way before me, and you... You go ahead of me, and this walking stick was there to, to come for me, that thy rod and thy staff come for me. And I thought all these things, but it's really true. And I just walked up thinking, this is like the Christian life. It's, it really is. Like, the Christian life is never, like, coasting. You know, it's never just, like, downhill, easy going. It's so easy being a Christian. It's a challenge. Even when I wasn't, you know, going up, it was still a little up. It was always, there was never a time when it wasn't upward. And even in our walks with the Lord, there's, there's never a time where it's just like there's not challenges. We're always moving. I saw all these trees along the path, you know, that were right next to the road. And they were planted next to the road. And I would look around the tree sometimes. I realized they were rotten. And I thought, what is all this? Like, this is so weird. Why are they rotting by the roadside? And I thought the Lord would say, like, this is what it's like when you stop walking. Like, you may look like you're on the path. And you may feel like you're on the path, but you've stopped. And eventually, you just start rotting. But you look fine, but you just stop. And I think that's, that's the, the challenge. Is like We just have to say, I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep going up this, this path God has for me. And I finally made it to the top. There's a picture of me at the top, I think, if you have a picture, hopefully. But that's a, diff- that's a different one. Let's do the other one first. I was alone until till she showed up. Okay. So that's what I, that was the top. It's, it's, it's not Rocky Mountains. It's, 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 it's Appalachian Mountains. So Mount Mitchell's across the way there. Mount Mitchell is a big mountain. But I, I was up there, and I spent time just like, I was like, Lord, it was beautiful, like 180-degree view, just me, until you saw the lady there in a second. Um, but I was just up there with the Lord. It was, it was an amazing time. I just was like, you can be as loud as you want. Just, there's no one else nearby. There's no one else to, to, to distract. And I just sat there, and I journaled. I prayed. I cried. And then I was like, I don't want to come back down. You know, I don't want to go back down to reality. It was just that beautiful and simple. I, I just don't want to go back down to the world. And I turned around, and there I saw my, my friend there. You can take a picture, that, show the picture of, uh, of, that's Gwen. She was in my class with me, and she just is there, like 50 feet away, and she had made it to the top. And she had nothing with her. She was, she's 66, and I almost died. And she has no water, no walking stick, nothing except the walkie-talkie. And I'm like, how did you do this, Gwen? How did you make it up here? And she goes, I only could keep going knowing you were up here because I saw your name on the list before mine. And it, it, it told me that you could do it and I could keep going. And I knew, I knew, you'd, I knew you'd have water, and I gave her my water. And, and then we talked in the walkie-talkie the way back. It was crazy. I was, like, I was like, that's the Lord. Like, that's the Lord right there. Like, I was like, this is beautiful. Like, we can't do it alone. We cannot do it alone. And we need people who have gone before us to say, you can do it. I've gone ahead of you. You can do it. And there are those Christians around us who've, who've shown us, mothers and fathers in the faith, like they've shown us, you can make this journey. You can do this. And so Gwen, even though she was, she was older than me, she was like, I, I made it because I knew you were there. And that motivated me to keep going. And it was, it was just an amazing moment. Um, so be still and know. Like there it is. Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be exalted. Like he is over all. And he has a plan. And he has good things for us. But can we unplug? You know, can we, in the midst of this world right now, can we unplug 
from the amusements, from the accoutrements of our lives. It doesn't mean having to go up a mountain. It doesn't mean having to take two weeks off and go away. It doesn't mean necessarily that you have to go and do something. But it does mean it's, there's a choice. Stillness is not just sleeping in. Stillness is not just five minutes on the way to work, talking to God, or two, ten minutes in the shower at night. Like, there is a choice that we have to, to quiet our voices and our hearts. And that's not easy. And I just, I've just found that God is speaking a lot in nature. And I just, I've just realized again how, how easy it is for me, at least, to experience him when I'm quiet in nature. Florida is flat. There's no mountains, obviously. We have beaches. We have rivers. I discovered springs in the past couple of years. Again, it's the springs of Florida. We went to Rainbow Springs about a month ago with the boys. And, like, it's beautiful, y'all. Like, it's an amazing. It's two hours away. It's way better, way better than Nichitucky. It's like this crystal clear river just floating down two, three hours. And if you go alone, it's just like, man, what an amazing time with the Lord that would have been. Like, it's just a, it's a beautiful place. There are places all around us in Florida that if we just take the time, there's parks and trails and water all around that the Lord's just saying, do you see me? We were singing about that earlier. Wonder, like restore wonder, Lord. Awe and wonder. That's what we need to be, to be like kids again, to come before him with simplicity and awe to say, wow, this God, the God who made this loves me? The God who made those mountains, the God who made this river, the God who made all this stuff around us, he chooses little me to call a son or a daughter. He chooses me to call a friend. Be still and know that I am God, and he will take care of the rest. A bunch of verses talk about this. Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 62.5, for God alone, O my soul, waits in silence, for my hope is from him. Over and over again, David says this. Other psalmists say this. Psalm 27.14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Skipping ahead to Psalm 131.2. This is the whole chapter of Psalm 131, another, another amazing psalm. It's only three verses. It's the third shortest chapter in the whole Bible. David says this. This is, this is at the end of David's life. And he says this in Psalm 131, Lord, my heart is not proud and my eyes are not haughty. I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. It's like David has gone through the highs and lows. He's been the highest imaginable, the king of all the kings, the prosperity and the leader that he was. He saw his kingdom taken from him, from his son Absalom, committed adultery, terrible things happened. All this stuff, he saw the highs and lows. And at the end of his life, he says, I'm not worried about the big stuff anymore. I just want to be like a child at peace before you, God. I just want to feel secure in you like a child weaned from its mother's milk. You know, a baby stops weaning about one or two years in, and then the child is just content, unless you're our third born who took over the whole household after that and said, I'm taking over everything. He's not, he wasn't content at all. But for David, at least, this, was, this is the picture he paints, like this idea of a child who is now satisfied 
And David finds satisfaction in the Lord. He's not thinking about all these big debates going on. He's not thinking about the world around him, the kingdoms rising and falling. He's, he's dramatically changed from Psalm 46 to Psalm 131. He's dramatically different about what he's worried about, what he's thinking about, what he's striving for. He's attained the peace in, the, in his heart. He's gotten to a place of stillness in his soul. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's real and it's there. And that's my prayer for us. Henry Nouwen says this in, in, in his book, Reaching Out. Henry Nouwen was a great kind of monastic, contemplative Christian. And he says this, uh, this is his quote. He says, our culture has become the most sophisticated culture in the avoidance of pain, not only physical, but mental and emotional pain as well. We panic when there's nothing or nobody left to distract us. When our loneliness drives us away from ourselves into the arms of other companions in life, we are, in fact, driving ourselves into excruciating relationships, tiring friendships, and suffocating embraces. No friend or lover, no husband or wife, no community or commune will be able to put to rest our deepest cravings for unity and wholeness. And that's the truth. No amount of friends and achievements and social time and fun stuff, no amount of those things will put us back together until we find rest in him, until we find peace in him, until we can quiet our souls before him. Let's stand. We're going to pray and uh, have some time in ministry. We always reserve the last 10 or 15 minutes for, for prayer time, prayer ministry time, and it's a really special time that we, we, we want to apply, you know, this message. So we'll have a time for you to receive prayer in a second. I'm gonna, let, let me close in prayer. And let's, be, let's just kind of be still for a minute before the Lord. Come Holy Spirit. We wait on you, Lord. hard to be quiet, Lord, and we just desire rest for our souls so much, Lord. Would you just speak what we need to hear this morning, that we could be still and truly know that you are God. You are over all, and you work for the good of us, called according to your plans and purposes. that no matter what the enemy plans, you are 10 steps ahead. We just declare that over every person this morning, watching or here, that you are victorious. And we stand in the victory that you have brought through Jesus. We're on your side. We're on your side, God. We're with you, God. We love you, God. Oh, God, we need you, Lord, in this season. We need you, Lord. Would you pour out your spirit on us this morning, Lord? Would you fill us up with hope again? Oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord.